Tripping with Trip. Hey, y'all. My name is Trip, and I am, you are, we are tripping at Habitable Spaces with artist Sweeney Brown at Habitable Spaces, May 13th on a Thursday. Hi, Sweeney. Hi, How Trip. are you? I'm good. I probably didn't give a proper introduction, so why don't you tell us who you are and what you do, maybe a little bit of history with Habitable Spaces. Sure. I'm Sweeney Brown. I'm a queer nomadic artist. I live in a bus. I moved into a bus. Well, I didn't move into the bus. I moved into an RV in February of 2020, right before COVID. Hmm. Um, and I found myself in Austin after um, a South by Southwest showcase that I was in was canceled, and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I went on hip camp, and I found habitable spaces. And through hip camp? Yeah, through hip camp. Not through the artistic Yeah, community. no, I was— That's amazing. I, like, state parks were shutting down. Regular, just, like, campgrounds were shutting down because nobody knew what what COVID was going to actually happen, what, what was going to happen with it. So I was just really looking for a place to get off the road and— um, and sort of regroup and figure things out because all of my shows had been canceled at that point for the next, like, I'd showed scheduled from March until May, and they all got canceled. So I was like, oh, my God, no, Oof. what do I do? <laughs> what kind of show? What were you going to be doing at um, art, Just art shows. Art Ceramics. Shows, ceramics. Um, and I so I found Habitable Spaces, and I messaged them, and I was, broke like I was I needed the the shows to yeah. make some money and so I messaged them and I was like hey <laughs> can I come hang out on your farm for like a week and um I don't have any money but can I trade you art and they were like yeah absolutely come on down excellent and then um I got another offer to go to New Mexico and so I decided to just go ahead and go to New Mexico because I Knew I had a place to stay and stop, and I didn't have to um, worry. So I went there. But I always kind of kept this farm in the back of my mind. And when I was coming back through the desert this last fall of 2020, I was kind of looking for a place to get off the road for the winter because it was getting cold. And um, I didn't want to pay for RV park or campground for a couple months. So I messaged them again, Shane and Allison, and they were like, absolutely, come on down. So December 6th, I think I got here. Of 2020. Yeah, and they were showing me around the farm, and and um, and then they asked me if I wanted to do the residency. Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, great, let's do it. All right. So I was supposed to be here for three months. It's been six months. Six months. <laughs> Which has been so amazing. And you just, just ingrained yourself in the culture immediately. I was amazed at how quickly you became, you know, a very integral part of the process here in quarantine, which was interesting. With your school bus. With my school bus. An amazing thing to behold. It's a white, 24-foot? 24-foot. 24 24-foot 24 foot converted 
school bus, uh, which also has a story behind it, which we can hear. But it is just so cool to pull up to Habitable Spaces and have that beautiful piece as your entrance. It's just so inspiring. That's good. I'm glad that it's not an eyesore. My RV definitely would have been the the vehicle I started my life on the road with. It was 1987 Brown. Oh, gosh. Two-tone Brown. That's amazing. Well, we should probably talk about where you're from and how you got here and what the timing was because you are from Minneapolis. Yes. Right? Yeah. And were you there during the George Floyd uh, murder happenings or how, what, was that what brought you out here? Did it have anything to do with you moving out of there? Yeah. When I was leaving the desert last May, things were starting to look a little less bleak. On the road, so I decided that it was time for me to get back on the road after being off of it since March. And I was in the RV at that point, and I— Where were you living? In, in, the tr- uh, in Truth or Consequences, TRC. New Mexico. Yeah, TRC. Huh. In about 25 miles—I made it about 25 miles outside of TRC, and the RV burned up in the Socorro Desert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is my nightmare driving I mean, it through some of those parts. Like, you are far from it, civilization. Yeah, probably. and it was— Hot. Like it was 110 oh. degrees, and it was just, and I oh am not um, You're mechanically inclined, and you know, and <laughs> it's cold. Uh, so mm. that, jeez, what did you do? How did what happened? Was it just an engine blowing it, up? Type it, it was the, just the engine was on fire a little bit, and that I got that out and got it towed, and the mechanic mm. was like, it, the, the engine is toast. It's not worth repairing. So mm. I actually totally found a, um, a domestic violence shelter in TRC and donated the RV to them, um, and now oh. it houses um, folks that have been victims of domestic violence. So that, That's amazing. Like Helen, my RV, got a, a good afterlife a really for good. sure. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> How did you, did you think to do that? Were you proactive or did it just fall? No, it just sort of, uh, I, I was trying to sell the, the RV as a home, like move it somewhere and it won't ever move, but you can live in it. I was trying to like sell it um, because I needed to buy something to get me out of the desert. I'd had it. Um, there and I just needed to get I I wanted to get back to Minneapolis so I could get a little work done Hmm. the night that all that happened I I made a post on the internet and and it was kind of basically a a call for help and I um, I asked everybody you know like if you have one dollar to send me if you could send me one dollar like I don't want any more than one Hmm. um, and, and you have and just to help me help um, me out a little yeah we should probably let the listeners know that you have 8,000 followers who have been with you through the years. So for yeah. you to ask your community that was not a big ask. Right. My, like, uh, the following I have on, on the internet is uh, just, like, um, the most amazing people. And um, they're so kind and caring and generous. And, you know, it, mm. just, like, the people that I surround myself with, if if you if you're going without, we're not going to let you go without. You know, like if I have yeah. two dollars, I'm going to give you one. That's amazing. You know, or a buck seventy five, I might keep a quarter for myself. That's um, a very valuable it, thing to have. But it, you've worked it was hard am- through the years. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, like I think you just treat people well, and and you will also be treated well. Yeah. Um, 
And then the next morning, I woke up with enough money in my Venmo to buy a van, to buy a used van. Good Lord, that is really spectacular. It was ama- like I, I had, I think I had uh, $150 in my account. Like I had just enough to pay for gas to get home. Mm. Um, and then, and then the RV went to shit, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be stuck in TRC for the rest of my life." I, oh. I was like, "This is how people end up living in TRC, right?" <laughs> it's like, this is the end. <laughs> <laughs> like their RV broke down, and they never. Really You'll couldn't. be in I, good company, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was never going to. Uh, so, um, wow. so when I woke up and and the internet had been that generous to me, then I I decided that I didn't need to sell the RV now. No, nope. um, that that I could just donate it. Mm-hmm. That it it could. Right then, I didn't there. need the money. Mm-hmm. I, the my situation had changed, um, and so I was really pleased that that was. Yeah. The outcome. Um, yeah, of, that of, says a lot. The friend that I was staying with had put out a call to um, to some people, and the the woman that owned the shelter reached out. To buy it, and I was like, "No, I'm giving it to you. It's for free." That's amazing. And so, from there, did you go to San? So then I went to Minneapolis. Minneapolis, and I got there um, the day before George Floyd was murdered. Huh. Um. And. And and, it was a really wild time in Minneapolis, and there was a mm. um, there was a lot going on. Yeah. And I had a a, a van with no. License plates. I kept it out of the city for um, a couple weeks. Of the very beginning of the uprising, it wasn't in the city, and I um, had stopped living in it. Um, I was living on a couch, just because it was just I couldn't live in my van. Too risky. And the day I moved it back to the city, it got stolen with all my stuff in it. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, with every, all of your stuff. everything, everything <gasps> I owned. I hadn't gotten. <sighs> Jeez. It was, it, it. I had emptied out a trailer into um, a friend's garage, and that was mostly like some of my artwork um, and stuff. But everything else I owned was in the van. Wow. Was and, it a huge loss? Because you don't seem to be. You see, seem to be pretty minimalist from what I see. In I mean, I lost an important. I, I lost a. a some important things I lost. Um, I, the work table that I use is um, well, I don't use it anymore. Um, it was my dad's drafting table that he started mm. his art business on, and mm. half of that was gone when the, mm. when I when I got the van back. And I'm sure it was because it was right in the front. And I'm sure that the folks that needed my my van just tossed it out like it was just in their way i'm sure that it it was on some city some minneapolis city street there for a little while hmm. and and my friends and i for weeks were would just like canvas alleys and stuff, just, just looking comb. for that like i didn't like I, I, I didn't care about the van hmm. um i didn't have insurance on it cuz i'd just gotten it yeah. um and i hadn't transferred the rv insurance and so like i just sort of Jeez, that was just like just when chopped it, it up to yeah. Huh? Well, well, I mean, but it got you out here, so maybe things happen for a reason, right? Um, yeah. So okay, so from there, I want to know. Well, while the, while the van was stolen, I I was like, I can't. I'm not living. We can't live in the van. It's too small. Mm. 
Um, so I started looking at buses, and I bought the bus, and then the the bus in Minneapolis. I bought it online <laughs> from Texas. From Texas, so that is that what brought you here? Um, yeah, the second time I came to pick up the bus. Okay. And then I went back to Minneapolis and worked a bunch to make money to afford the bus, and then um, and then I and then I came out again. You did. <laughs> I've been to Texas. Basically, I moved out on the road a year and a half ago to see things, and all I've really seen is Texas and New Mexico. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in Texas Well, and New Mexico. I mean, if you're going to keep up the gypsy lifestyle, yeah, right. I think you started in a really good place. No? Yes. I mean, you're, it seems like you were both very uh, lucky to have each other because Habitable is benefited from having you here yeah and it looks like you've amazing. got a pretty good life out here i don't know how happy you are but my you gosh well, when i got here there you know it was it's an artist residency and most artist residencies are just sort of like um self-focused and you bring your the art that you need to work on and as a ceramic artist it gets a little difficult because i need kilns and oh geez that's things true. like that and so when You're i got here there media. wasn't any yeah right? it's really hard it it, but, it, I mean, it, it, all it takes is a little work. You know, like, there's mm -hmm. group firing studios in any major city mm -hmm. um, where you can pay a monthly fee and fire and glaze and um, and do all that. So I knew that, that it, it wasn't going to be impossible. I just thought it was going to be a little bit more difficult, you know, like a little bit more running around, driving. When I got here, we went to another cool art center in um, San Marcos, the Eye of the Dog Art Center. Oh, I keep hearing about it. Uh, it's amazing. It For so a ceramic artist, it's just like, mm. it's amazing. And Billy and, and Beverly hooked us up with two kilns. Really? For free, that somebody was giving away. And so Shane and Allison drove to Galveston or something. Receive, yeah, huh? I mean, it was it was amazing. So nice. I've been able to get so much work done. Yeah. And do I hear you have now have four kilns out here? I think that there are four. There's one. There's crazy. two that we haven't tried. I see on your Instagram that you interact with the farm animals all the oh, time, yeah. like the goats and the <laughs> ducks. Your Instagram is so much fun. We should probably mention, and we will again, sure. what is your Instagram just so people... I don't forget. It's Art is Dirty. Art is Dirty. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. And what's your website? Um, Artisdirty.com. Artisdirty.com. Where did that name come from? Well, I mean, art is dirty, you know. Um, well, your art is and, clay, so it's yeah, literally it's dirty. Yeah, literally dirty. I do a lot of um, nudes. I take a lot of nudes. I do a lot like of dirty photographs? things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. And also, it's dirty. You know, like you're getting yeah. dirty. Dirty. <laughs> it's filthy. dirty. Filthy. Dirty. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Amazing. Yeah. Um. So back to the school bus. We digress. Um, sure. So you made it to was it San Antonio, with the intent of coming out here, or not knowing what the future held. Um. When I. When I. Came here. I, I came actually came here from TRC. I had spent a month there, um, hanging out with a friend that I'd met during the fir that first quarantine, my first time almost getting stuck there. And we when we worked on the bus a little bit, 
Um, Cause I had to, I have to, I have to redo everything. <laughs> um, that was done. Um, and then, and, and then I was purposefully came here from, Great. from there. Yeah. So you knew it was right down the street. Yeah. It was like 12 hours away or something. It probably wasn't even that much. It was, it was a pretty easy drive. And then a drive, an hour drive here. Yes. From San Antonio. Well, I came directly from TRC to here. I didn't stop. Oh. When did you get the school bus? Um, in October. Okay. All right. Last fall. Oh, okay. So you are literally on the road, and you were living in the school bus, right? Yes. Did you? Were you doing this alone? Did you have any? Yeah, just me and my dog, my cat, my cat dog, cat. My, my dog, your cat dog. Well, he has kind of a dog. Yeah. I've always thought he was a dog. Um, yeah, me and my 18-year-old cat. Yeah, 18. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and so, all right, so you made it to Habitable Spaces. They didn't have a kiln, so what were you doing? What, what, like, well, you, um, I, well, you're a multimedia artist, we should say. So right. clay is your, your main medium, but writing is what you – is the clay is basically a vehicle for your writing, which Correct. is kind of your main thrust, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, it's cheaper and easier than writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> but I love some of your quotes. I swear some of them speak to me. I'm like, are they talking about me? <laughs> like, what's well, going see, on? Well, see, I think that's the whole point of my art is to, um, it, is to make us all feel like we're normal, right? Even though I, I always say normal is a conspiracy theory. Yeah, the but word it, normal you should know, be used in quotes, I'm the, telling you. The, our brains are all working at the same we're all going down the same road, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're think you're thinking in a similar way than that I am, right? Like so it's kind I can, of a collective consciousness thing. What is the right. word that they use for that? The um, zeitgeist. I get a feeling from a lot of your stuff, just the way it speaks to me, that it's very collective consciousness, kind of zeitgeisty sure. a little bit. I don't know. Kind yeah. of, I know I'm a little superstitious. I'm like, they're channeling a little bit. Here, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Well, maybe I am. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm going through some some growing right now. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to my brain in a different way than I, than I ever have before. And I'm starting to... I'm starting to realize that the thoughts that I have about some things, the the thoughts that I don't ever say out loud, um, that I have mostly um, about myself, those same thoughts you're having too, you know, Oddly. and and it's so refreshing to to hear. It makes you not seem. Like so much of a freak. You know, it, it, like we have to learn how to go a little bit easier on ourselves. Yeah, we and really I need do. to, like, I need to take a, a lesson of, of, for my own book. It, Tolerance, it, like live and let live. And, uh, you know, we're all here to make mistakes and grow. I wish people understood that a little bit. And more. understand that about yourself. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah, like right. it's cool. Absolutely. It's you, okay, so you think this way. You're going to stumble, what? you're going to fall, you're going to trip. Right. <laughs> You're gonna trip with trip. <laughs> You're gonna trip with trip. 
But it's true. We need we need to stumble. We need to fall. We need to fail sometimes, in my opinion. So we, I mean, right. there's that saying that you learn more from your mistakes than you do your successes. So let people make their mistakes. Oh, my like gosh, Help them out. Yes. Be there for them. I don't yes. Know. Maybe that's an old person mentality. <laughs> you know? I'm probably dating myself. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm dating myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> you've been dating I don't yourself date. for a while. I I, have, I stopped dating um, three years ago. Well, it's been a really long time for me. I yeah, I needed to. I don't think I've ever been single for this amount of time in my whole life, in my whole really? adult life. In my, you know, like since I started dating or whatever. Was I'm it a conscious was. decision? Yeah, I was just. I was messing things up. Like I wasn't doing, I wasn't paying attention to the wreckage I was leaving be behind in relationships. Um, Just a wake of destruction. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 it's not that bad. I wasn't that, I wasn't a terrible partner, but I could have been. Better. I had a lot of jealousy issues, and I had just like a lot of deep-rooted things that I needed to work out on my own before I could lose myself in a relationship, which is what always would happen it, when I would get into a relationship. I would overcompensate. I have a lot of abandonment issues, and so I would, you know, do everything I could to keep you with me. Ah. Uh. Were you a people pleaser? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, like, to a fault, mm. to the point where I couldn't please myself. Mm. I remember in 2018, I was asked a question, what do you want? And I couldn't answer it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I didn't answer that question in an egotistical way. Mm. You know, like, what do you want? Well, I want a piece of pizza, or I want whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah. So you kind of uh, realize that you don't have a goal or a vision or something to kind of keep you, you know, centered and focused and something to strive for or succeed. Nope. Brambles, you can't be up here. It's you get mostly. Down. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I've always known my art vision. I've always just wanted to make art. Um, yeah, you seem to be pretty focused on that and pretty prolific as far well, as I'm that. Capricorn, so. <laughs> oh, you are a Capricorn. Oh, work, 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 <laughs> So work, I don't know work. how to not work. <laughs> so you know, true. even when I'm not working, I'm. Gosh, it's like I'm working on something. That. Huh, okay, so um, you haven't dated in a while. You've been on the road and flying solo and um, first time on the farm. And I'm sober. Time. I became sober yeah. and celibate in 2018. Wow. So you're what, going on three years now? Mm -hmm. That is huge. I've I've um I've two broken backs. I've broken my back two times. Oh my god. In my life. Me? So have you had um a fusion or anything? No. Yeah. I don't want it. Oh, we talked about this, yeah. but you're still having problems. I don't know. People told me not to get a fusion and then when I did I'm I'm like it's I'm so grateful. But yeah, I I've really heard mixed doctor. reviews. I've heard huh. you know, some are good, some I mean it's definitely probably in my future. Yeah, it might be good for the better. But the thing with back surgeries is it has gotten so advanced in the in the past ten years. And yeah, I think it's a whole. I hopefully it's a whole new <laughs> ball game. We'll see. For me, it was, but I right. 
I was sure to choose the best doctor in, in New York City. Yeah. You know, it cost me a pretty penny, but I'm very grateful that I'm back to my yoga. Right. Well, good luck yeah, with good. that. So you've been on the road, single and sober. My God, is it really difficult? It's been, it's, there's, yes. Do you have any support? <laughs> Like, did you go to meetings or? Like, I didn't go to meetings. Um, like I'm not good at meetings. I'm not good at. Um, wow. So you went cold turkey. Yeah. I just didn't want to get drunk anymore. Yeah. Um, and I've done the same. I have kicked a lot of habits in that way. A lot of um, hard drugs hmm. where, with decades of use where I just wake up one day and I'm just like, I don't, I can't. Hmm. Um, anymore with that and booze was really getting in the way and I and it, you know like I just couldn't see what good it was doing me it wasn't doing me any good yeah because sometimes and the, the, you know for the usual alcoholic I don't know this was my story it starts out fun and I've gone for uh 10 years without booze and then Went for 10 years on, and then now I, as of 2012, I'm off again. But the the 10 years on, you know, it kind of starts out fun. You're right. very social, and it does ignite the creative juices. You know, when you're not in the thick of your addiction in the very beginning, it's fun, and it's a party. It keeps you social. It loosens you up if you have any kind of social anxiety like mm -hmm. I do. It really helps with that social lubrication and, as they call it, liquid confidence for me, I have a lot of insecurities, and they just leave, you know. Part of going sober for a lot of people is you kind of have to reprogram your brain to fill in those spaces that used to be, and to fill in that that hunger or that yeah. void. I mean, know? you go to a—I remember the first um, queer dance party I went to after becoming sober, and it was, it was wild. Awkward? You know, like— I knew everybody at the place because uh -huh. okay. Minneapolis isn't a huge town and our queer scene is pretty um, tight. Shout out to the Minneapolis queer scene. Right on. Is that the Twin Cities queer scene? Yeah. Everyone says it's really vibrant. Yeah, it's hear. great. It's I mean, it's also problematic. <laughs> oh, I <bet. laughs> But it's great. You know, like all queer scenes are a little bit. It's true. I mean, I was in the in the gay scene in Los Angeles, and at the time when I was out there, they had the Silver Lake scene, which was a little more rock and roll, and the West Hollywood scene, which was a little more, you know, like good body Hollywood mm -hmm. look, like two different cultures. Um, but everyone still ended up kind of knowing everyone else, right? Know, at the end of the day, there's cool pockets of like I, I the 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 queer folks that I um, that I know and love um, are the most amazing people. That you'll ever meet and kind and yeah, amazing. But then there's 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 always a, a different side to everything. But they all knew you as as the drunk you before, right. so that's a difficulty because they tell you you need to change your playpen, you need right. to change it up. Yeah, you know, was that challenging being back with the old playmates without the crutch? Um, it wasn't too bad. I I I sort of surrounded myself with friends that um didn't necessarily drink all that that much and 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 then the friends that did drink a lot I you know would I would try to hang out with them during the day you know meet for coffee or walk around a lake or you know just like go goof off somewhere yeah 
and I did stop hanging out at night. My nightlife became um, art in my apartment. Yeah, um, yeah. Did it affect your art? Did it affect your output? Your tone? Yeah, I mean, I at at the same that same time I um, was having um, a really difficult mental health time. I lost my mind. What basically, kind of mind loss. Um, I mean, a manic. Yeah. Episode. I don't remember a lot of that summer. Even though you were sober. The art that I made during that time. Ah, exquisite. Yeah. Ugh. You know. So you were good. It, so it yeah. affected you. In a, yeah, in a good way. I, I basically just like gave up on everything except for making the art that I wanted to make, but didn't have the confidence or. I wasn't vulnerable enough to actually make it, so I just started like, anytime vulnerable. my brain would have a weird idea about making something, I would just make it. I would yeah. not go to my studio for weeks. I didn't go to my studio most of that summer. Um, I didn't make very much ceramics. I just made weird art that I still haven't shown anybody. Really? Yeah. I mean, my friends have, have seen it. Why? Is it insecurity-driven, or you're, you kind of think it's your baby and you don't want to give it up? Yeah. Yet, it, it, the, thing, the thing with being an, an artist on the Internet is there's this expectation that everything is for sale. Yeah. Um, which, What's the system we're living in? That's, And you kind of live outside the money system, which I find um, intriguing. Yeah, um, but I'd, also challenging. I can't imagine doing that personally. <laughs> I'd rather make art than money. Do you do but that? But unfortunately, like I have to make money. Like yeah, you know, right. I mean, I, it's and, the system we live in, and we have to survive in. So it's a difficult toss-up. You know, wanting to change, wanting things to change, but also having to thrive and survive in a given system. Yeah. So it's really challenging, but you seem to be doing it quite well, and your community seems to be supporting you with that. Well, thank God. Yeah. You know, I mean, without the the community that I have and the following and the friends, and I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess I would be doing um, craft markets for the right. rest of my life. Huh. But I Do mean, you enjoy the life of an artist? I mean, yeah, I'd love. I mean, I couldn't. I'm not made to do anything else. You're not. You know? But you're not formally trained, I noticed. Do you? No. Uh -uh. So you're self-taught. Yep. Did, did you have mentors? Um, my dad was my mentor. Oh, um, you're from an artist. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you've got it kind of in the genes. Mm -hmm. yeah. When he died, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to do art anymore. I'm done with art. And that took about six months. And a, a, a bunch of friends got together and, and bought me a... A class at a local ceramics studio called Northern Clay Center. Really um, great, amazing place in Minneapolis. Was that your introduction? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd done some ceramics in high school, like everybody says that they have done. Um, but I mean, it was just that. It was like pinch pots and making things. I, I have a piece that I made in high school on my bus. Um, but I hadn't really had that much. I mean, in 40 years, I hadn't done ceramics. Yeah. So, or in 30 years. So that class 
kind of sparked a little interest in it, mostly because I was I wasn't bad at it. Mm-hmm. So I just started making ceramics, but I was making things. I don't really like ceramics because it all kind of looks the same to me. Well, um, but you customize it right, so and so yeah, like once you I figured out that I materials. don't have to make it like. Like the people at the Renaissance Festival. No right. offense to any yeah, Renaissance Festival, but yeah. it's not my game. I and I use it as a vehicle to to get the words that I want to. I want everybody to be a little bit better, mm. and I want myself to be better. Yeah. Um, and so, ceramics just fit. Yeah. Well, you do it well, but there's. You were uh, explaining to us the other day about how it's kind of tough because the materials aren't cheap. The time that it takes is uh, it's a slow cheap. art, and so you have to kind of factor that into your process. If you want, you know, a whole lot of something, you have to keep it small because only that much will fit in a kiln. It takes so much time to fire, right? And that's a fascinating thing that I've never thought about with pottery. Is you don't. It's not. It, immediate satisfaction you got if it was if i could just be done with it after i built it yeah like there's so many pieces where i just like i don't even want to fire you i just i want you're done yeah just right here yeah but you've got to do it yeah you've got to finish the process (laughs) i hate glazing oh do you really well you do a really good job of it i'm personally (laughs) a big fan of it like your little messages and the things that you use like the doll hands and the um, what did you put the make to use the fence? Were they like just caps? pieces of um, twigs that twigs. I just kept breaking? Horse hair was another one we saw the other mm-hmm. day. What are those things called? Mimosa oh, blossoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's very unique. I but really like just like um, just natural. <laughs> I like nat- I like textures. Yeah, and um, and you know if I like a texture enough, I can make that. And I can add that to my clay, like the, this tabletop. I could Ooh, yeah. make a piece look like this tabletop, like anything. I see things, and sometimes all I want to do is go back to my bus and get a piece of clay yeah. and make a a mold of whatever I just saw. Of what it is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I have stopped my bus. There's this, I really like um, things that are on the ground that, that say things like, uh, like water, or um, I I made a, a mold from a water meter cover in New Orleans, the New Orleans water meter cover. Um, and there was this one, I drove by it um, when I was still living in the RV in Austin. There's this big, huge thing on the ground that says communication. And I think it's just like, it has to do with their wires or something that are buried under there. All right. And that was a really cool piece because it was just like communication, communication. you know. <laughs> in pottery? How and I jumped out of my RV and just on the street, there's all these people looking at me like, what I are you doing? I break for communication. Yeah, I'm like, I break for <laughs> things to press my clay into. Oh, hell yeah. That's so cool. It's a really <laughs> integral part of your art that I really enjoy. And Thank you, you so found much. some really cool stuff out here too. Everywhere I go, you know, yeah. like – um. All the pieces that I make from the different places I am are, are site-specific usually, you know. Like, there's not mesquite trees in, in Minneapolis. 
Mm, so when right. I use, okay. you know, um, in Minneapolis, if I wanted to get the texture from the mesquite leaves, I would use yarrow. You know, mm. it's every every place has a different um, some natural things. Right. Okay. So site specific. Right. But you still weave your words throughout. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of it I come up with, you know, like as I press a plant, especially the plants, when I make um, um, art with plants, usually I don't know what they're going to say. I just let myself, I try to like edit things down in my head, you know, words so that they, I don't like to be wordy Yeah. on my pieces. I don't like there to be more than like five or six words. Yeah, I really only like three, like little or quips four. And yeah, you know, and so I'll like think of an essay, and then I'll just like take a chunk out of it. That's how most of my work is. It's just like little snippets of of things I've been writing. Yeah, let me bring your CV up because it talked about some of the um, some of your subject matter. Maybe we can talk about this. Sure. So, um, your voice is honest and raw, delving delving into topics of love crushes, trauma, fear, sobriety, and peace of mind. Let's talk about some of these topics. So what do you say, how about fear? I haven't seen many things regarding fear. What what kind of fears do you have and what kind of fears weave through your work? Oh, my God. Well, the, now that you're sober, of- <laughs> I mean, uh, a whole lot of fears crop yeah. up, I bet. Jeez. I think the, the, the my biggest fear is the fear of being misunderstood. Yeah, that's um, a huge one. And the fear of being left, you know. Left? Um, yeah, like. Like left behind. Right, like um, the fear of, of losing people mostly, you know. Like I'm constantly like wondering what I did to make somebody stop talking to me or, you know, yeah. like. Like our brains are just like constantly working against us. Ah, it's constant, isn't yeah. it? And you start to kind of focus on it way too much. Yeah. I and mean, then it, it turns into me. you beating yourself right. up when like the other person's probably forgotten about it most of the time, right. majority of the time. Right. You just start focusing. Yeah. That's tough. One right. good thing about being sober is I, d- I don't have to wonder if I need to apologize to anybody, right? right? <laughs> After like, uh-oh. Like, I know everything I did. Yes, you remember everything. <laughs> and if I if I was a jerk, I was, I, I'll usually be, be able to apologize right then and there, you yeah, know? <laughs> for sure. Okay, what else? Um, how about uh, peace of mind? What have you done? Like how, okay, so you're not in any kind of a program to help with your sobriety what do you do for peace of mind do you meditate do you do yoga like what uh, uh, how, make what art. calms your nerves like i you, make art so that is meditative too <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. and it's not necessarily like ceramics like the the kind of uh, work i've been making in the last 6 months has been more about um making money uh-huh because i have a limited time and I need to make enough money to um, make the repairs on the bus that I need mm. and to keep moving. So speaking of that, like how does the process work? You make the pieces wherever you are on the road and then 
Do you have to deal with like the shipping and the handling, or do you how how do you make money? Yeah, but I was already a um, an artist. I was selling art on the internet. So you um, before I moved on the road. Okay. So like that's easy. Hmm. It's the other art, you know. It's the my quiet art that gets me through a lot of emotions and feelings, and then I can usually take my quiet art, the art that I do alone. I can usually take pieces of that and put it into my actual work, hmm. my job, which is making art for money. Art for money, right? Is that a bad thing? Do you feel it's like not it's a bad thing? Because I'm still I'm still making artists. art, right? And my art is still, you know, my, I'm not making um, live, laugh, love stuff you know like i'm not i'm not sending <laughs> out some so kind funny. of message that i don't believe live, myself you i know? kind of like live laugh love for me i know it's so cliche and people give me i had a rug that said that because it was a gift for my sister the last uh, business that i had and people gave me so much shit for it but i have to say i'm going to stand up for live laugh, okay. love because like so many people are they don't know how to do any of the above, and they're jealous of those who do. So right. I am going and to be. Jealousy is huge. It's so big, and I don't know where it came from. It hasn't always been this way. I think it might be social media. I'm not sure where it comes from, but you are a ceramicist on the road. But you also do photography, um, illustrations. I love the illustration that you did. To me, we were talking. Mm, I I saw it on one of your stories. And I got to see it in person. It looks to me like, I guess what they call in podcasting on the audiograms, those little uh, audio waves that you see, uh, like the mm -hmm. sine waves. Yeah. Um, and I actually went to an exhibition uh, in San Antonio that had incorporated those sine waves into their logo. And then I saw you using what I thought was sine waves, but then you explained to me, do you want to tell me what it was actually? A, it, it, it was supposed to look like a soundbite. Oh, For that sure. was intentional. Uh -huh. Okay, I um, love that because it's so timely, and everyone's doing the podcast. You can see the audiograms. Right. And it's all about the audio now. So it's um, it spoke. To it's me. the skyline of Minneapolis. Yes, um, which fantastic. is Funky Town. Minneapolis is Funky Town. Oh, so when that song, won't you take me to Funky Town? Yep. Uh, what? A, yeah, it's about Minneapolis. That's Minneapolis. Yeah. Oh my god, it's one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> Great. Wow. Okay. So I wanted to. I made that piece um, a couple years ago. Um. And oh, so I wanted these aren't to new. make. I thought you were doing. This no, stuff. I mean, I I did make those illustrations um, for fundraisers for. Um, the George Floyd um, Square, um, the folks that run George Floyd Square. Um, so it's that not was recently, the but way, I had but made it's a reflection of what the Minneapolis skyline on the lake was it? I mean, I it's a skyline in pencil. In pencil, yeah. But it's the lines. same above as it is below. below. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. you've got a little bit. I mean, I guess you could call it. I thought you said it was a reflection of. Sorts. I mean, it's the the it's the skyline, and then you flip the skyline. Oh, and then over. you flip it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I just extended those lines to make it look like a a sound wave. But those who know the, vertical lines. the skyline of Minneapolis will would know. see that. Yeah, they would know. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Huh. Amazing. It's pretty cool. That's cool. And so what is life on the road taught you? It's um do you have any advice for those who want to do it themselves? Because it's kind of becoming a lot more popular. Like Airstream, 
I'm a big fan of Airstreams, and um, it's a lot. Uh, many, so many people have chosen to sell their homes, move out of permanence, and into the mobile lifestyle. The Airstream had to stop production and had to stop taking orders because they built all those by hand, and they said we just can't take any more orders. We're two years booked. You know? So it's a big. It's kind of a big. Yeah, I mean uh, everybody. It, it, that hashtag van life is. <laughs> Hashtag van life. It's huge. I'm on that one. <laughs> it's inspirational, but it is very challenging. I learned living out here in a trailer for five months that you know, like I couldn't hang art on the, I you know, art on the walls. I you yeah. Know. I mean, everything changes. I really like the bus because it's metal, and I can um, I have all my artwork hanging from the ceiling with magnets. Oh, you do. Okay. So that that's been nice. That's um, good that you can do that. I that was the one thing I miss most about that lifestyle. I think advice. See, I have a hard time. This is probably going to get me into trouble. Um, I have a hard time with the the van lifers that are just that are trying to get sponsorship and try. You know, like they're they're it's like they're they're on the road that's the the most special thing about them is that they um well that's a small part of the crowd the influencers that are using it yeah. but there are also but then there's like the the families actual, that yeah. have decided to take their kids on the road and one person yes. I was talking to said they were fortunate enough that since the classrooms had gone to zoom that they were able to resume School without having homeschool with their kid on the road for right. six months. Right, and to you. how brilliant is that? And yeah. like, it, it, yes, yeah. Um, I Are there's you so many nomads. There's so many nomads, and they're all doing it right. Yeah. Um, have you met fellow nomads? Yes, yeah. I have a friend um, that I met in TRC. Also lives on the road and is an artist um, and is a sober artist. Um, so it's been really fun to um, um, get to know uh, Monica and um, and we're like great friends. Fabulous! Yeah, and you met on the road. Yeah, or? well, we both met. We were both artists at the um, the residency in in TRC. Um, but we we've, we've become like amazing friends and and road pals. Um, road dogs. Ro- we're road dogs road together. It's pretty nice. You're gonna be road dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice. I haven't met too many other folks, but I want to. I moved out on the road a month before COVID, and I had all these plans and and expectations of what my year was going to be like, and all the new friends I was going to meet, and you know, I wasn't able to do. Oh, right. Any of that? Okay, so you're still in the beginning stages, I guess. Yeah, right? I mean. You choose to stay with as, as far as like um uh as far as social socializing like I haven't done a whole lot of socializing in the last year and a half yeah I've that's done the a whole thing. lot of living on the road and you know living mm. in parking lots and sides of deserted streets and stuff but amazing what I would like to do is is in you know as COVID hopefully starts to become less and less of a thing. Um, is to start meeting other queer artists and other artists in um, yeah. other cities and start and like to get social stuff. again. Huh? Yeah, Maybe like, meet a new community, yeah. reestablish yourself as the new you, perhaps, <laughs> I guess, you know, the sober you. 
Minneapolis. That, that is a new. It. That's a big new. It's a big new you. Whether you want to face. It oh my God! Not. No, it it's a huge. It yeah. I mean, I can't believe I'm sober. Ah, that's or amazing. I'm not sober. I'm, well, congratulations! I'm, I can't believe I'm free from alcohol. Right. Yeah, you have to say that. Um. Uh. But that is a huge feat, and being on the road must be really stressful. Um, and being in Texas as a queer artist on the road must kind of has, have its challenges too. Has it's Texas different. changed you? Do you like Texas? Do you, I mean, would you come back? Like, what's you know, your take? I have a I have a, a a long history with Texas. Oh, you I, do. Okay, so you're not a newbie at all. Yeah, no, my family's from here, mm. and I spent a lot. I spent most of my summers growing up in Texas with my oh, grandma. I did not know that. Which part? Um, Dow- Denton. Denton. Oh mm-hmm. my God, that's where the Fry Street Fair is, and a lot of really it's creative cool. I bands. I love that city so much. I do too. Yeah. yeah, I partied there a lot. I went to SMU in Dallas in the eighties. Oh, right that on. Was a big, yeah, big part of my creative uh-huh. life out there in Denton. Okay, I did not know you had yeah. textures. Okay, so this is kind of home to you a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Like I, I mean, it's been funny because sometimes I'll be walking around um, in in the woods and. And something will remind me of my childhood in Texas. You know, like maybe the smell. Yeah, a lot of, of very unique smells. Yeah, <laughs> or when you get more like a like a uh, like a moisture with yeah. the rain and stuff like that. Right. Know. Sometimes it can get really humid out here, and it creates distinct mm-hmm. odors. Yeah, like things smell like Texas. Yeah, things yeah. look like Texas. Yeah, totally. Um, I like it. I like Texas. I. Um. I don't like East Texas. Yeah, East I wouldn't. Texas. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Do or you don't. No, I mean, oh, okay, yeah. that's where my cousins are from, like uh, Athens. I'm afraid not to stop for gas in East in East Texas. Athens, Paris. You know? <laughs> so funny, isn't it? No, not that Athens. <laughs> not that Paris. <laughs> oh yeah, East Texas is rough. It's out there by Tyler. Yeah. And, yeah oh my gosh. Everybody's carrying guns. Oh, and, yeah. yeah no. Cowboy hats. Mm-mm. My cousins, some of them who live out there, I cannot understand a word they're saying. Their accents <laughs> are so thick. It's so funny. That's wild. Huh. Well, um, gosh, this is uh, amazing. It's just been so spectacular having you here. I'm kind of bummed that you're leaving. I'll so where back. do you go from here? Um, oh, you're I'm, an artist resident too. So do you have do you go from residency to residency? Or how's that work? I was going to try to do that this year. Um Go from here to another one, um, but I really just want to have fun. Yeah, I want to like do. I want. They just want to have, wanna have fun because yeah. you go by they, right? Yes. <laughs> they, they just want to have fun. They just want to have fun. They just want to have fun. Yeah, fun. I haven't had fun in a long time. I haven't goofed off and been silly, and I just want. Yeah, my last interviewee, like that was part of the interview, you know, a part of their, an intentional part of their art is fun. And I think we're kind of lacking that a little bit. Maybe it's because we don't interact with real people as much as we used to, and everything's in the digital realm. And I think that might be why we're so kind of messed up with each other's relationships and treating each other so badly is we don't have the IRL in real life, meet space, interaction, and I think so much is lost. I mean, now that we're doing audio, I think thankfully, instead of like all the text stuff that you see out there on Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that, tone is lost, you know, like laughter is lost and smiles, right. and, you know, and body language. And I know and I'm worried about things. what's going to happen when I 
am, you know, like I was on um, FaceTime with a friend the other night and and we were both like kind of ran out of stuff to say. And so we were like, okay, well, talk to you later. And, and I was like, what's going to happen when we're in person? And we run out of things to say. You know, we're really yes, we're really used to just being like, okay, well, I said everything. Yeah, text now, is over. Okay, see ya. You know, and hang over. up, yeah. hang up, and like, and especially in a, in a normal when you're sober, you would it's be so fucking hard. Like to <laughs> I'm me, really I'm like, I, I'm a huge proponent of. I have learned to just even when I'm awkward and no one at the party likes me. Sit there in my, you know, but everybody likes you. There's nobody that doesn't like. You. Well, you know? well I know, but in, in your mind, head, it's not. No, I know. Like, you know, I feel insecure or not enough or blah blah blah. But I have made it a point just to sit there as awkward and uncomfortable as it feels, and usually, oddly, something happens. Like last time I did that was in like very meditatively was in Woodstock in the town square I'd lost my friends I didn't have, I didn't want to do my phone and I said I am going to very on purpose sit here without all the overstimulation and just be okay with this but yeah that's a huge one so you want to have fun and you're sober and you might have some anxiety. Yeah. So this will be <laughs> I will have some anxiety. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go spend some time with my best friend who I haven't seen in seven months. Yeah, where's Eight that? months in um, Green Top, Missouri. Green Top, Missouri. How fun that you get to just kind of hop around I know. Like it's pretty all right. Have you ever been there? Is it going to be a whole yes, new adventure? Yes, I love it. Okay. It's great. Missouri. It's like, Never. I don't know. Never thought Two, three hundred people. It's wow. the tiniest little place. And um, what do you like about it? Well, I really like my friends' parents. Yeah. So um, I don't really have the human. My parents aren't really uh, great. Yeah. But um, I really like my uh, my friend JD's mom a lot. Um, oh. she cooks for me, and she's very kind. Yeah. Um, well, you had some good interaction here too, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit of a family. Here. Yeah. It's been it's been great. It's been great because I'm also like I shut myself up for uh, days and days, and I won't come out. Really, you're um, and and um, you know, because I'm getting work done or I'm writing or you know, like there's things that I'm doing, and I am self-contained in that bus. Hmm. Um, so there'll be days where. I don't see any of the farm folks, even though I'm 15 feet from the main house. And it's been nice because I haven't felt any um, animosity or pressure. Amazing. You know, that I feel like I I would, in a different situation, you know, would feel like, oh, well, Sweeney doesn't like us or, mm -hmm. you know, this or that. And I've never once felt that yeah. they're judging that I'm not... Um, participating. That's a really good thing to have at a very critical juncture in your life. It sounds mm -hmm. like. I mean, um, a year and a half sober is not a very long time. Three years. Trying to, uh, oh, three and eight years. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, still, it's just it's good to have to. to I know mean, that it might, it's like one day every single. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. every single day. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. It has been. It's good to see you, and, and I'm really 
bummed to see you leave. I'll be back. It's so yeah. I'm coming back. I mean, you were such an integral part of the quarantine experience for me. (laughs) It's like saying goodbye, but it's pretty good because like everyone, you know, the numbers, uh, COVID numbers are going down. Point being that you were a very integral part of um, of a big part of the quarantine experience here. You were here for like six months out yeah, of it. That so was that great. was pretty big. So, was um, so hopefully before. now that you're leaving and people are taking off their masks and things are relaxing, the sun is coming out, you know, summertime, hopefully it's kind of a symbolic, you know. I hope people aren't taking their masks off. Yeah, okay. Well, you've been through your <laughs> catharsis. You've been through uh, the chrysalis, the caterpillar. Yes. And now, as we all have together, and now you're getting back out into the world, and I think it's a really exciting time. And as you said, you're an integral part of the family now, so you can come back whenever yes. you want. As I'll you be know, back. you always have a home here. So. It's a, it's a, it, yes. Okay. I couldn't be uh, more thankful for for being linked up here yeah for sure yeah it's yeah and quality, i will be back very quality every winter quality folks. yeah because i need Great. i need to be off the road january and february yeah every yeah. year because unless i'm in florida there's nowhere that's warm enough without being Texas plugged in the place so, to be for sure so i definitely Great. am looking forward to um my winters here and hopefully maybe like teaching some workshops when i'm when i'm here um yeah yeah, I mean, now that the works, there's a whole new workshop here on campus, and things are changing yeah. and transitioning and growing and evolving. So, hope to see you again. Yeah. All right. Well, let's tell the listener where they can find you because um, I personally am a big fan of your stories and your Instagram. But did you say that you had a Twitch? I do have a Twitch, but I don't know what it is. It might okay. be, um, I, I think all my social medias are just art is dirty. Mm, um, or just wherever. Yeah, there's underscores or stuff. But I'm sure if, if you just search "art is dirty," um, I'm the, the one that pops up. All right. Well, uh, Sweeney Brown, amazing multimedia artist, um, ceramicist, writer, um, uh, poet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing, and um, hope to see more of your words woven into your artwork right. in the future. It's it's been amazing getting to know you. Same ditto. Thanks for everything. Good luck on the road. Thanks, Trip. On the road again. On huh? the road. Toot, toot. A book I could never get through. All right, I'm following you. <laughs> I'm. Fo- we'll follow you on the road. Great. Finish that book, baby. <laughs> Next chapter. Let's do this. Tripping down here without reservations. Without knowing his destination But now he's here but not quite clear Just what he will do Some friends from habitable spaces Said come on over to one of our places So we jumped right into Life on the farm Hey, don't you fly too high Everybody's got a house in town Hey, don't you fly too high You'll find your 